0: Welcome to Army National Guard Combat Field Studies Digital Edition. Today we're here with Michelle Abrams, Curator of the First Corps of Cadets Museum in Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be talking about the museum and the First Corps of Cadets and how their story is one of adaptability in the Army National Guard. Miss Abrams, for those who haven't met you before, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do as a curator at the First Corps of Cadets Museum?
1: Hi, my name is Michelle Abrams. I'm the curator here at the Museum of the First Corps of Cadets. My job is to tell the story and protect and preserve the lineage of the 211th MP Battalion First Corps of Cadets. Every day I get to work with these magnificent artifacts here in the museum, and especially the ones on display, to make sure they're in the safest and most stable condition possible. I have been here for three years. Um, Before that, I worked at the Army Historical Foundation in Arlington, Virginia and I worked as a volunteer at the National Guard Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. I have a master's from George Mason University, and I'm right from right outside of Boston, and I come from a military family.
0: So the 1st Corps of Cadets is a pretty unique name for a National Guard organization. Can you tell us a little bit about their background and, and how they got that name?
1: Absolutely I can. In 1741, specifically October 19th, the 1st Corps of Cadets were organized and founded Their first commander was Benjamin Pollard. He was a Lieutenant Colonel and a captain as per the tradition of the British Royal Armies. The mission of the independent cadets was to serve as the ceremonial bodyguard for the Royal Governors of the province of Massachusetts. Governor Shirley was the first one to appoint them. The cadets had 64 young gentlemen in their original groupings and the cadets escorted the governor at parades and ceremonies. Once a year, the governor reviewed the cadets, usually at a parade on the king's birthday. In 1766, John Hancock actually joined the cadets himself. The cadets have always been involved in the city of Boston ever since the beginning. For those of you that may be seeing this insignia and saying, well, that slightly looks familiar, there's a reason why. It's actually based off of the Coldstream Guards insignia from London, as they are the royal bodyguards to the royal family. The insignia actually has many interesting features about it. And it's still worn on the uniforms today of the 211th Military Police Battalion out of Lexington, Massachusetts. The first of the unique features is actually the gold star. Unlike the Cold String Guards who have a silver star with eight points, ours is gold with six points. The most interesting piece is actually the red cross in the middle. That is the St. George's cross representing England. The 211th are actually the only unit in the entire United States Armed Forces to have the St. George's Cross in their insignia. It's definitely a unique feature. There's also the order of the garter around the cross. Again, another British symbol. Inside the garter, you can see Monstrat Viam. That means it points the way. And that is the motto of the 1st Corps of Cadets. Today, the 1st Corps of Cadets are the 211th Military Police Battalion based out of Lexington, Massachusetts. They are part of the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Since 1741, the First Corps have been in every single major conflict the United States has ever been entered in. And so the lineage and honors is very long, but also the legacy is as long as its history.
0: Corps of Cadets has a pretty long and storied past with the Army National Guard. They started off as an infantry formation 280 years ago, and today they're still serving as MPs. Can you tell us a little bit about the change that took place and how they transitioned from that infantry organization to who they are today?
1: I'd be happy to talk about that. Now, the first transition for the First Corps of Cadets was actually a major one in the Revolutionary War. When John Hancock was commander of the First Corps of Cadets, he was also one of the Sons of Liberty, which meant that he was not exactly in the good graces of the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth, which was Thomas Gage. And there was a huge feud between the two of them. And it caused the 1st Corps of Cadets, then the Independent Company of Cadets, to have an internal conflict of whether they would stay as a British unit or shift to an American independent militia. John Hancock made that decision. On the 1st of August of 1774, Governor Gage actually dismissed John Hancock as the commander of the 1st Corps of Cadets, which caused outrage among the ranks. Once the cadets found out about John Hancock's dismissal, they actually hosted a meeting on the 15th of August. It is there that they received a letter from General Gage, basically saying, I hate you, and to please turn in all of your colors, your arms, and your musical instruments. We don't necessarily know why it says musical instruments in particular, but it's an interesting tidbit. They complied and handed everything in. It was at that point that most of the cadets decided to switch over to an American independent militia instead of a British unit. There was about one or two that stayed behind and they were redistributed throughout the ranks of the British army. Part of the reason for this rift between General Gage and John Hancock was that some of the cadets participated in the Boston Tea Party, which Hancock was a major organizer for. Now, because of this, there is no action in Lexington and Concord officially. However, many of the cadets themselves were present as part of the Minutemen. However, most came back into Revolutionary War service in 1776, after the British left Boston. Sometime in the late spring of 1776, the 1st Corps, now an American unit as an independent militia, reorganized as the independent company of cadets. They were later transformed into the Jackson Regiment under the command of Henry Jackson. There are a few campaigns that the cadets did participate in. Most famously, all three battles of Rhode Island, as well as the Monmouth and New Jersey campaigns.
0: So their service in the American Revolution really set them down the path to who they are today and committed them to the American cause. And it's always neat to hear about organizations in the National Guard that predate the nation itself. Now, by the time the unit gets to World War I, they're set up for a a pretty significant change again. Can you tell us a little bit about what happens in 1917 as the Guard reorganizes?
1: There were many different things that happened to the 1st Corps of Cadets when the new National Guard was formed after the Dick Act. Now, if you remember, they were an independent militia, meaning that they were not actually tied to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, but they rather operated on their own. In 1917, the 1st Corps of Cadets converted from an infantry unit to an engineer unit. Why? Because that's what was needed at the time. At that point, they became the 101st Engineers, which as you can see, is displayed on this helmet. You can see the insignia is very similar, however, a little bit more simplified. When the cadets became the 101st Engineers, they became part of the 26th Yankee Division. This included all of New England. So Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. Sorry, New York. When the 26th Yankee Division went overseas, so did the 1st Corps of Cadets again, the 101st engineers. Now, their main jobs were doing infrastructure things like building bridges, digging trenches, and doing repairs, much like the engineers today. The cadets often followed right alongside the Yankee division, including campaigns such as Musargon, Saint-Michel, and belle Bois.
0: So like the rest of the Army National Guard, World War I really brings them into the modern era. And I know there's a lot of heartache with units as they combine with other states to form larger divisions, much like we see with the current division alignment for training. But it really seems like it was better for the organization and the National Guard as a whole. So let's fast forward to today. What happened to change them from engineers to an MP battalion?
1: Well, it was actually quite a journey to become a military police battalion. After they were the 101st engineers, they were actually the 211th Coast Artillery anti-aircraft during the Second World War. They then became the 126th Tank Battalion, after that, the 220th Infantry, after that, the 126th Signal Battalion. In 1996, the Massachusetts National Guard decided that they no longer needed a Signal Battalion and dropped it to a company. At that point, they decided to create the 211th Military Police Battalion, which is what the 1st Corps of Cadets is today. The 211th 1st Corps of Cadets are still really busy today. Since 9 11, they have been deployed over 10 times through OIF and OEF. In addition to OIF and OEF service, the 211th have also done missions at Guantanamo Bay, as well as assisting many different operations here in the Commonwealth. There are many specific missions that I could highlight here in this program. However, there are three in particular that I'd like to talk about. The first one is that in 2007 to 2008, the 972, while deployed in Iraq, assisted with the escort of the Iraqi president and they actually received the Meritorious Unit Accommodation Medal. The tragedy of the 15th of April, 2013, is one that will always be etched in every Bostonian's memory. The 211th were actually the ones that led the operations in assisting with law enforcement to get the capture of the Tsarnaev brothers, as well as secure the area. Recently, the 211th have partnered up with local police departments, specifically Worcester Police Department here in the Commonwealth, to create a program where soldiers can not only get military police training, but also be prepared for when they leave the MPs and enter civilian life, that they be certified to become a police officer in the Commonwealth. It's a very unique program and we're very proud of them for it.
0: That's quite the story of modernization and adaptability. I can't imagine all the changes that it took to get them from where they were in 1741 to who they are today. Now you've got a few items from the museum. Would you mind telling us about those?
1: While there are many artifacts here in the museum that accurately display the legacy of the 1st Corps of Cadets, there's two in particular that I think everyone would enjoy. One of the more unique legacies of the 1st Corps of Cadets is that of the 54th Massachusetts. Now, how is there a connection, you may ask? Well, let me tell you. During the Civil War, the 1st Corps of Cadets had many different units. One in particular is the 2nd Massachusetts. Now, it is also featured in the movie Glory in the first five seconds. Don't worry, there's no spoilers here. In the opening scene of the film, we see Captain Shaw, who later becomes Lieutenant Colonel Shaw, lead a company in the Battle of Antietam. That company is from the 2nd Massachusetts. The first Corps of Cadets were Company K of the 2nd Massachusetts. Now the artifact I'd like to talk about with our legacy is this. This is Colonel Shaw's bridle. Now there are many ways that the 54th is connected besides the 2nd Massachusetts. There was actually a couple officers from the 45th Massachusetts, the Cadet Regiment, that went over to the 54th as well. One of those officers was John Appleton. He went over with Shaw to the 54th Massachusetts in 1863 and was forced to resign because of war injuries in 1864. We are very honored to share this history with the 54th Massachusetts. While well, the Shaw Bridle is an awesome representation of the legacy and tradition of the 1st Corps of Cadets. I did save the best for last. In 1786, Governor Bowdoin, who was the governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts at the time, presented the First Corps of Cadets with the Bowdoin sword. The sword serves as a ceremonial sword used for changes of command. It has been at every single change of command ever since. When a change of command for the First Corps of Cadets happens, there's two pieces that go to it. The traditional army change of command with the passing of the guidons, and then the First Corps change of command the morning of the change of command, the outgoing commander and any other officials will come to me and say, keeper of the sword, can we have the sword? Naturally, I say yes. At that point, the sword then gets an escort to wherever the location of the ceremony is. Once the army change of command is complete, the outgoing commander will then hand the Bowden sword to the new commander. The new commander will then hold it above his head and yell mom Strut, at the top of his lungs. The rest of the battalion in formation will yell, Viam, Viam, Viam. At that point, the change of command is complete. This ceremony has been intact since 1786 and has been unchanged.
0: Well, Ms. Abrams, thank you for coming out today and sharing the story of the 1st Corps of Cadets and sharing some artifacts from your museum. For those that are interested in learning more about the 1st Corps of Cadets, you can check out uh, Michelle's website at vafcc.org or the Veterans Association of the First Corps of Cadets on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're interested in learning more about the Army National Guard and the historic units that are part of our legacy, check out Leaders Recon on Facebook or our Instagram at ARNG underscore Leader underscore development. Michelle, thanks again for coming out and speaking with us and sharing a little bit of the Massachusetts Army National Guard story.
1: It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.